I don't think any project in India has been subjected to so much of critique uh, and criticism uh, as Aadhaar has been. And we saw it from day one itself. You know, we had uh, whole uh, categories of people who criticized Aadhaar on one or, or the other grounds. But I think once we were clear in our approach that what we are doing is, is, is robust from a technology perspective, because we are not doing some amateurish things, one, it is based on solid proof of concept of pilots. Once it is based on, you know, technology robustness, as I said, and if it is scalable, if it is cost effective, if it is inclusive, if it is, you know, follows the best practices of privacy, then you see we were very clear in our mind that we are kind of taking care of the overall over, overarching objectives of this project. Welcome to Outliers. This is a podcast uh, with Outliers. And I'm really happy that uh, today I have uh, Ram Sevak Sharma with us. Uh, he's someone I've always considered a, a digital warrior. Uh, but he's <laughs> a warrior for many reasons. And uh, I've always found fascinating, uh, Mr. Sharma, your, your story about your love for coding and where you come from and the battles you pick and the way you fight them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, really happy to have you on this podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pankaj. Uh, I mean, I've had a number of interactions with you and all. It's always been very pleasant and, and, and wonderful. So, if, if I could start uh, ask, you know, with, with this question about uh, how did you get into this whole technology world? I mean, what was the love for coding? Well, uh, let me put it this way that, uh, you know, when we, uh, when I, uh, first of all, I love mathematics. So mathematics was one of my, uh, you know, very favorite subjects. And I did my master's from IIT Kanpur in mathematics. Then at that time, we used to see, you know, there used to be a computer center in IIT Kanpur. And there used to be a whole building, you know, uh, building for the computer center. And the machines were very big. They were all blinking, you know, and at that time we used to have those cards, you know, <coughs> which used punch cards, which used to be used for, you know, providing data or for providing the, providing the, in, you know, programming uh, this thing to the computer. So I have been, as a, as a person, I've been quite fascinated by newer and newer gadgets. So when I joined the uh, service and I was given Bihar cadre and... Uh, I was posted in Begusarai, that was in the year 1985. So at that time, you know, this typewriters, electronic typewriters had come. Electronic typewriter, electrical type, whatever you want to call it. So I got that because prior to that, we used to have those typings and, you know, when you had errors and then they'll put some fluid and retype on it. That's the way it used to happen. So it used to look pretty dirty when you had a big bad typist. This was, you know, the, the, the electronic typewriter had a memory function where you could, you know, when you put a letter, you could uh, put some, uh, you know, this letter could be stored. Of course, the memory used to be of the order of kilobytes. <laughs> Today we talk of terabytes and, you know, petabytes, kilobytes. So, so then, you know, when there were corrections, then this could do corrections and it could automatically type and we used to be very fascinated by it. 
So then, along with the typewriter, then I came to know about a computer. You know, we didn't call it PC at that time; it was a computer. And this, there was a machine called DCM Tandy. Uh, this was made by DCM and probably Tandy Corporation of USA. So we got one from Patna. And uh, my superintendent of police was one uh, friend of mine, interestingly, Arvind Verma. Arvind is also my classmate from IIT Kanpur in mathematics. So he was the SP of superintendent of police. So we got that machine and then we, we didn't know what to do with it. But it was fascinating to watch that machine and, you know, a little bit of a screen. So then we, you know, thought as to what use it can be put to. And uh, then we came up with two, two applications. One application was something called, uh, you know, lost and found arms, firearms. Degusra is a district which used to have huge crime rates. Uh, and and uh, there uh, we found that a lot of these robberies used to take place where guns will be stolen or guns will be recovered in some incident. So, and uh, there was a system of you know recording those things very meticulously in some register in at the office of the SP. So we said, uh, why don't we feed this entire thing into this this system? Now that book or that register had both. Uh, lost and found firearms in the entire state for a number of years, wow. which means that actually the uh, firearm which has been lost and registered at place, you know, page 30, and after six years, seven years, it was recovered, it will be registered at place 37 uh, as a recovered one. Yeah. So you had the data for lost and also found, yeah. but because the number of, you know, the serial number of firearm was so big, it was a 16 digit alphanumeric kind of stuff. It was very difficult to match manually. A human being. So what we did was we said let's feed that into the system, computer, and then just in, do the indexing. Just do the indexing on, on serial numbers and you know arm type and stuff like that. So we got actually we, we did that and we found 22 pairs which were there. So then you know we said ah this is a, a, a weapon uh, let's say looted in Katihar and it was recovered in Sahib Ganj because we had the information of the entire state, entire, you know, every district uh, superintendent will, will uh, send that information about lost and found to everybody else. Yes. So, you know, we had 22 pairs and then we said, uh, oh, let's, this is a great find because we have solved these 22 cases and actually even solved, even those in, you, original fellow whose weapons are lost, that will he will also get it now yes. because that is recovered and so he can claim that weapon because it is his weapon. Yes. So then we informed the police headquarters. Arvind informed. Nobody believed it. They said, uh, "How did you do it?" I said, first of all, how did you do it is a different issue. But first, uh, let's let's see whether the information is correct or not. And now, once you have these, you know, two weapons, their numbers, serial numbers, and everything, you know, it matches. So while the finding out the truth may be difficult, time-consuming, but verification of truth is very easy. So then the, the DGP, it used to be called IG police in, in those times. He used to, he came down to Begusarai and, you know, sort of told us this is a great discovery we have made. So we solved those cases. So this is one application which we put to. And what happened was that in basically even the creating the data structure, now no programmers then, so I had to sit down and you know, I had to create that table, you know, in what format the information will be entered and then, you know, how the indexing will be done and how the program will run. So it used to be a, a something called DBase2, 
DBase 2 was the name of the you know, language at that time. So we coded, I coded that. Arvind, of course, did not show much interest in programming, but I did that. And then, you know, from that, I got a lot of ideas. So we then used it for transfer of teachers, for example. Teachers who were, you know, posted for more than 10 years at a place, so we just got their data fed and, you know, filtered them at the, who are their teachers would be transferred. Then we used it for, uh, in Begusarai itself, for, for execution of warrants uh, and, you know, summons in the, in the police stations because police fellows used to just delay these, uh, this thing after taking money from the uh, fellows and SP was not able to uh, monitor those. Yes. So we actually did that. And then, of course, from there on, I moved on to Purnia as district magistrate. In 86 and 86 to 89, I was there. And there, I actually uh, computerized treasury, then computerized public grievances, the, the, uh, you know, the employment guarantee scheme. It was called NREGP in those times. That teacher's database. Uh, then, of course, sealing cases. Purnia had a huge problem of in uneven, you know, Hold, holding of the lands, very, very unequal. So there, there are a lot of hundreds of ceiling cases going on and you know how to monitor those ceiling cases. So that, and for that I had to, you know, obviously programmers were not there and I had learned this language, DBase 2. I continued and it, that language also continued to develop. You know, it became DBase 3 and then it became something called Clipper, which was actually a compiled language. So from there, uh, continued to, you know, then I got posted in, in Patna, uh, in Dhanbad and then in Patna, where uh, I was uh, director of, I was transport commissioner. So in 1992, we started actually first time in the whole country across the counter payment of taxes. Oh, wow. <laughs> across the counter. You know, people would come and, you know, they could give their vehicle number, the vehicle number will be punched into the computer, their demand will come, the people will pay and the receipt will be printed and they'll take it home. So they, that was a big revolutionary step. So our revenue increased from 48 crores in 1990 to 152 crores in 1994. So it was a big step and you know, a lot of things got regularized. Then of course I got posted as Provident Fund fellow. There again I quoted this Provident Fund you know, statements to be given to officers. Then I came in 95 to Government of India in 95-2000. There, here I wrote something called File Tracker a program to monitor uh, you know, movement of files and letters. So I got more and more interested. In 2000, I decided, well, friends, I have been you know, talking about this whole issue of programming and softwares and everything, and I have no formal degree to do that. <laughs> so I said, Let, why, why don't I have a formal degree? Because then I'll be talking much more. You know, really, I, uh, people are just listening to me because I am at a big post. Uh, but but I think I should also have a formal knowledge and information about it. So I went into have a sabbatical in in California. I did my masters in 2000. I took admission. I wrote TOEFL. I taught GRE at the age of 45, and I I, I was given admission in in UCR. Uh, of course, other universities also gave me admission, but this was one which gave me a scholarship. So I went there on a scholarship. I did my masters in computer science. I came back. How was that? Was it <laughs> that was tough, very tough. Yeah, you know, that. imagine uh, as district magistrates, you are staying in a place which is like a palace, which is, you know, Purnia had about 10 acres of, you know, land area. You could do agriculture, you could do anything. 
and uh, in, in Riverside uh, in California, I was staying in a place which has 700 square feet of area total, the house, if you can call that a house. And we were six of us, four children. There was a single bathroom. <laughs> I, I, you know, I started going on a, um, with a backpack to attend my classes. My, the students who were my classmates were half my age because they were, you know, equal to my children. Uh, their age was equal to my children. And I soon found that, you know, I thought I was a big expert in programming. But then I realized that, you know, these kids were doing much faster programming than I was doing. So it was really a big, uh, you know, sort of change in life. Not only in my life, but also in my kids' life, my wife's life, you know, because she was cooking for all five of us. Four kids were going to school, starting from class three to class 11. And the father was also going to the school. <laughs> so five of us were actually students. And she was the one who was uh, cooking. And, and you know, so it was, it was tough. But, but I think, you know, soon we, we overcome and, and, and we started. So then I came back in 2002. What, what did you do when you came back? And how much of that learning? <laughs> Interestingly, Pankaj, uh, these are some of the very interesting questions you are asking. You know what, when I came and I had to go to Jharkhand because by that time Bihar was divided and I was allotted Jharkhand cadre, so I went there. Uh, and I met the chief minister, uh, Mr. Babulal Barandi was the chief minister, the chief secretary and many other people. And believe me, <laughs> none of them asked me as to what I have done. They thought that I had just gone to America and enjoyed my two years of my life. <laughs> None of them even bothered to know what I had done. So, and I, I didn't get a posting. In fact, uh, interestingly, I joined in the October of 2002 because I came back, my studies got over in June. So at that time, there was, a, you know, 15 November that Jharkhand Divas was going to be made and they were going to issue a vision document. So suddenly I was told that you are in charge of writing the vision document. And I said, friends, I don't even know the vital statistics of Jharkhand. I have never worked here. The state got created when I was not there. So I had no idea. And you are making me the chief visionary or the chief vision fellow. But that's how it happens in the government. They said, no, no, no you write, you write uh, this, this vision document. So I was given a laptop. I actually borrowed laptop from some, someone and then that laptop, I started collecting the inputs and, you know, I started writing. So on 15th of November, we presented the revision. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I was not getting a posting uh, because they didn't know where to post me. So I had gone on to call on the governor, for example. Okay. So <laughs> the first question the governor asked me, when are you going to retire? Because I have gray hair and, you know, they thought I was going to retire very soon. And that's why I come for a very <coughs> retiring kind of job. So I told him, Your Excellency, I'm, I'll retire after 13, 14 years. I'll retire in 2015, and this was 2002 uh, end. So, but then we, the conversation has started, and finally, he said, No, no, you must get posted as my principal secretary. So he forced the government to post me as his principal secretary, the governor. So then I started doing that job. It had absolutely no connection whatsoever <coughs> with the information technology or with <coughs> anything connected to that. But, but Jharkhand became uh, a kind of a ground for you to experiment 
and, and apply a lot of these technology products. How, how, how did that happen? Yes, what happened was that uh, after some time, Mr. Arjun Munda became the chief minister. Uh, and uh, you know he used to come and meet the governor, as, as always the protocol is the kind of thing. So uh, at those times, I had some interactions with him. And I gave him this idea, saying that why don't you have, there was no IT department as such. So I said, why don't you have the IT and e-governance, you know, <coughs> department separately? This department was a part of science and technology. Okay. So Mr. Munda was uh, kind enough to agree to my proposal. And he said, yeah, why, I, I'll, I'll divide this department uh, in two. Okay. The science and technology will remain with the minister with whom it was there. And IT will be taken by the chief minister. And that's what I had wanted. I said, if you want to do e-governance and IT, it is the chief minister who should be in charge of that department because then he can, you know, ask other departments to implement because IT department has none, none of, it has no function to perform except serving other departments and introducing innovations in other departments. So he ag actually agreed and then I became the, in addition to my principal secretaryship, I became the IT secretaries uh, also. And from there my journey to do these uh, IE governance projects is started in Jharkhand. And I must say that uh, in seven years that I was there, 2003 January to 2009 July when I joined UIDAI, these six and a half to seven years, I was transferred nine times. <laughs> so my average tenure in one post was about eight to nine months. But uh, in all, more or less in, uh, for about three to four years out of these seven years, I was holding either the full charge or the additional charge of IT department. Okay. That was one thing. That was one thing. And that was because nobody wanted that department. You know, it was supposed to be some uh, you know, outlier department as you are <laughs> doing. It was some outlier, you know, why, why would somebody uh, uh, very senior, you know, people in bureaucracy count seniority. So they say, you are very senior, you should be principal secretary home, you should be principal secretary you know, agriculture or development commissioner, why should you be in IT? IT had a budget of 14 crores when I went there. Of course, it rose to quite a significant level later. But uh, it was a very small department, so to say. The other department will have a budget of 1,000 crores, 2,000 crores. So they said, this is not a department at all. It's just a small cell. So uh, then it, it continued to grow. And I must say that I, I look back with huge satisfaction because we introduced, uh, with the help of my other colleagues, let's say automation in, in registration system. In Jharkhand, I remember the date, 17th July of 2005, we had the registration system automated. The first thing which I did was essentially to create a statewide area network, which is the first state in the whole country to create this SWAN. Uh, and then of course, Government of India's policy came a little later, it was in 2004 or 2005. Uh, that we, you know, leverage that also. So SWAN was created, every district got connected, every block got connected, and we then implemented Treasury. Treasury was linked and computerized. Registration, commercial taxes, transport, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, municipal corporations. Oh, even that. Even that. So land reforms, land of course was, was a little tricky because we had a huge problem about the land records there in, in Jharkhand. But, uh, but very large number of you know, such departments were, were automated, computerized. And it is really very satisfying because 
uh, it increased the level. Of course, it should also be said that there were my colleagues, secretaries of those departments. Typically, the secretaries think that, you know, this, this is my job and I'm doing my job well. What is the role of this IT secretary fellow who is trying to, you know, uh, <laughs> interfere in my job? But those who were more friendly or more understanding or who, who you know, sort of respected in some sense my seniority, put it this way, mm -hmm. they would allow me to meddle, meddle in there and, you know, suggest to them. And fortunately, I had the support of the chief minister, not only Mr. Munda, but thereafter also. Sure. Sure. So I think I, I was able to really do a very satisfying job there. Sure. And of course, then, then I joined UIDI. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, without getting into the full story, but... Well, I don't know how it happens, honestly. And suddenly, I got a call from the cabinet secretariat one day, uh, Government of India, saying that uh, you have been... Uh, by the time I had got promoted as additional secretary, so they said you have been identified for a very important uh, job in Government of India. Would, be, would you be interested? I said, yes, I'll be interested because I wanted to come to Government of India. They said, then why don't you meet Mr. Nilekani? And he will contact you or our office will contact you. So then I met him and then we decided, you know, it was a very interesting conversation. He says, uh, we, we discussed generally. Uh, I met him on 1st of July, I remember, 1st of July of 2009. Uh, and, you know, he said, uh, we, I want to do this. I said, yes, if you want to do this, uh, will you, will you, just we generally discussed uh, things. And, and then I said, uh, I'll join. So he said, why would you join? So I said, I would join because, you know, a person of your stature and your vision is, has decided to leave everything and, and join this project and, and do this project. <coughs> uh, you have taken a great risk. As for me, I'm a government servant. I, mean, I will get posted in place X or place Y. I'm not losing my job. So if this, you know, so, so in place of put, um, getting posted in Y, I, w I would like to get posted in X. So, so I'll, I'll work here. I, I mean, I'm very happy to work with you. So from there began this journey and, you know, we had no place to uh, sit in the planning commission because that's our department. So first day I went there and Nandan Nilekaniji had a place because he was notified as the minister. Yes. Uh, he, uh, by the way, he joined on 24th of July 2009 as a chairman of UIDI. I joined on 31st of July 2009. Okay. And for a couple of months we were the only two fellows there. So, so I came to his room. I said, boss, I have no place to sit. So where do I sit? <laughs> he said, you sit here in my chamber. I said, I, I mean, you are the chairman. I am the DG. I mean, you should not be sitting together type. You are the boss and I am your, you know, I am number two. Typically in, in government, we don't do that. Well, you know, it's a startup. You, you know, you join and we'll, we'll very, both of us can sit here. So this was the, the way we started functioning. It was a very fascinating four years that we sp that I spent in Aadhaar. Sure, it was sure. wonderful. Fascinating. Um, and then uh, try... Uh, no, then then no, it, try did not happen, actually. Uh, After Aadhaar, I, I was... Uh, I went to Jharkhand again as chief secretary. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. Yeah, so I, then what happened was Jharkhand was under president's rule. Yes. And uh, the government of India wanted me to... Uh, be sent there as, as uh, uh, chief secretary. Uh, Mr. Dilekani said, no, no, you should not leave and, you know, we should continue here. But then finally he realized that, you know, that job is also very important. And I had spent four years in any case and we had done about 400 million by that time, yes. 40 crores. So it was like a, you know, full-fledged running, you know, bus. So uh, 
all other issues had been sorted out. So he uh, reluctantly agreed to release me uh, on 31st March 2013. So then um, I, I joined uh, there, uh, it was the president's rule. So I worked there for about uh, one year and one month and then uh, I requested for a change. And fortunately I got posting here as Secretary IT in Government of India on 1st of May 2014. The new government took over on 26th of May, so more or less it coincided. Amazing, amazing. Um, <clears throat> the, the two projects, or the two assignments that stand out for me, I mean, notwithstanding everything else you did, Aadhaar, of course, and when you took over, the tri post. Right. Mm. And the defining, uh, you know, what defined these two assignments, <clears throat> one is Aadhaar as we see now, in terms of uh, criticism of it, and also the impact of it and net neutrality debate that came. So, as, as an administrator, how do you deal with controversies? How do you make decisions when there is chaos? What do you make of people who critique the projects of people in general? What, what, how do you deal with it? Look, the point is that as administrators, our job is to implement government policies. Now, the implementation also has a lot of scope in terms of how you can implement it. So one should implement those decisions with clarity of purpose as to what we want to do. One should also implement those policies with a sense of fairness and a sense of decisiveness. And of course, uh, with, with, the, with the very clear uh, you know, conscience that what you are doing is, is the right path. One can certainly make errors in judgment. Sure. That's a normal process. We are all human beings and we do make errors of judgment. But those should be the errors of judgment only. They should not be deliberate, you know, distortions or deliberate kind of uh, biased uh, uh, sort of decisions which you take. So once you have these broad overarching principles clear, clearly in your mind, sure. I think things go very smoothly. That's my sense. It is also true that controversies do happen. In fact, in Aadhaar had a more than fair share of, of controversies. I don't think any project in India has been subjected to so much of critique uh, and criticism uh, as Aadhaar has been. And we saw it from day one itself, you know, we had a whole uh, uh, categories of people who criticized Aadhaar on one or, or the other grounds. But I think once we were clear in our approach that what we are doing is, is, is robust from a technology perspective, because we are not doing some amateurish things. One, it is based on solid proof of concept of pilots. Once it is based on, you know, technology robustness, as I said, and if it is scalable, if it is cost effective, if it is inclusive, if it is, you know, follows the best practices of privacy, then you see we were very clear in our mind that we are kind of taking care of the overall, overall overarching objectives of this project. It does what it is supposed to do. For example, there were many people who said, oh, why don't you collect this information that once you are going to the fellow, you collect as much information as about him. 
And we said, no, our job is to just, uh, identity is our job. And we'll just prove identity, we'll just prove X is X. Whether X is married, not married, poor, rich, that's, that's all eligibility part. So we said we'll create an identity without eligibility. That's, that's very, very important uh, for us. So basically, uh, the, the point which I'm trying to make is that once you have that clarity in your mind, I think things become easy. It becomes easy to take decisions. It becomes easy to implement things. And you are also able to clearly articulate and convey your thoughts to your subordinates, your superiors, your, your other partners. Sure. On the net neutrality issue also, you know, we were very clear that these are the basic principles of, you know, that uh, from an India's perspective and, and net neutrality, uh, you know, for many people, it, it may be an ideological issue. Yeah. Honestly speaking, I have a, a different take on it. I, my take on it is it should be in the interest of the country. It should be in the interest of our growth. And it should be very pragmatic. It is, it is very important that we don't kind of follow uh, certain things blindly. We should be very clear as to what is good for us as a country. And the differential pricing regulations which we brought essentially articulates that principle that, you know, what we are doing is, is because internet is going to become a real vehicle of growth. And it is important that we preserve the openness and the platform nature of the internet. Innovations must take place on that. Yes. It should not be subjected to some, you know, fellows whims and fancies. Sure. It should not be cannibalized. Yes. So all these basic principles and, and you know, interestingly, we should also understand that India's growth story, internet is going to play a very important part because we have fallen behind in many areas and now I think uh, technologies can fulfill that gap and technology today is central to the reforms and central to the, the kind of you know things which can be done and and I think service delivery uh, so so with that in mind I think it is important that we keep the pipes and content separate mm. and with that we actually in a, in a way the net neutrality is a larger principle we have been able to address tariff-related issues of net neutrality sure. in this differential pricing part. Now, of course, we have a net neutrality full consultation paper, which is on now. It was clearly <clears throat> something that became an emotional debate for many and things like that. And a lot of people credit you for standing firm. Uh, how easy or tough it is to stand firm after you make up your mind that this is the right thing to do? See, let me put it this way, I am also a human being. And when people criticize and people attribute motives to you, when people attribute bias to you, you certainly get disturbed. I mean, I, let me be very frank. I mean, I am not saying that I am some kind of uh, immune to these things. I also do get affected emotionally as a human being. And, and one gets more affected because if one thinks that one is, has a clear conscience and then people are attributing motives to you, then it becomes much more painful yes. to that extent. So while it is true, but then I think pain or these kinds of criticism are a necessary part of your job. And this has been happening since the you know old days of SDO ship when we were SDO is way back in Santal Paraganas in Godda and then we were collectors. People will, you know, when there will be an encroachment drive, people will say, oh, somebody has been favored. That road has not been cleared. This road is being cleared. Those people have been spared. I have not been spared. So, so always these, these controversies 
you know the ceiling case that ceiling case is going on very fast the other case is not going very fast probably the motive is to help somebody those things have been going on but my firm belief has been that it may happen that in a short run you may get criticized you may get demonized you may really get you know acquire a very bad person he is but to be fair to the system once you are consistent in your approach once you do not you know look at the look at who is going to be affected who is not going to be affected and you you focus on the uh, fairness of the decision then i think in the long run people do realize that this guy is not as bad as we thought him to be <laughs> final uh, question to you it's yeah. been a great conversation i really enjoyed it uh, <clears throat> for a lot of people young people in india who are looking at government and all these projects and these debates around these projects you know on social media and elsewhere mm, i mean why would some of them want to work with government <clears throat> because from outside the it clearly <laughs> looks a very tough job and and there are lots of you know theories about how good or bad it is to work inside a government what would you tell those people well i would say that there are no reasons as to why one would not work in the government honestly speaking because you know we had if i look back at my career of about 40 years now if i am given another chance i would still like to work here in the government system because a it offers you a great you know look at it from a psychological perspective i am earning my bread i am getting my salary my family i am sort of taking care of them at the same time i have a feeling that i am not working for some x you know individual private individual i am working for the society now that's a great feeling because if you are able to you know do something good to somebody and you know public it's a, it's a public service yes. you are doing a public service so it's it's a great uh, feeling so i think um, uh, you know i i'll just tell you a very small uh, story when i finished my masters in america in 2002 at the age of 47 many of my iit friends who had actually settled in silicon valley they said ram sir why are you going back and i said boss i have to go back to my country because i came here only for doing my masters they said no no now that you have got this and you have got an opportunity to work one they call it some otpt or something like that you know practice after after doing your degree so they said at least for one year you can work and then you know you can have a green card and whatever cards type i said boss i will not have anything of the kind i am going back to my job i am going back to my country and you know this was about 14 15 years back you can imagine at that time people people brought their mineral water from you know somewhere and they thought that india is all heat and dust <laughs> of course things have improved now so they said no no you 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 open a dot com firm or whatever you are now a fully qualified technology fellow I said no. I'll not do the, anything of the kind. Then they said, okay, if you want to, you know, if you are not sure of starting a new business, we will we will employ you and we will give you two hundred thousand plus dollars per annum, and you know, you work here. I said, friend, if you give me twenty million dollars per annum, also I'll not work here. <laughs> they said they they said we don't understand this. I said, look, in my country, I will be able to be a part of society and I'll be able to do something. 
here I am like a tenant, you know, I travel on a beautiful road, but then I don't, I felt jealous about it. I, I felt that, you know, I wish there was such roads in our country also. So I would rather like to go back to my country and do something here and continue my job and probably use this expertise to do something better in the governance rather than, you know, uh, staying here in this heaven. I will. I will rather like to, you know, uh, serve in this this hell, if you, if, you know, uh, just using the metaphor, sure, sure. but but rather than living in in somebody else's heaven. So so that's that actually is is something which so people young people should realize that governments offer a huge opportunity to do creative work. It is okay to criticize. Oh, the things are so bad. Bureaucracy is so bad, and there are a lot of corrupt people. But then, you know, criticizing just will not help. We have to participate in this. You can clean the system. You know, you can clean it from many ways. And one of the ways to clean it that you yourself become a part of the system, and then you try to clean it from inside. You know, you do your job honestly, impartially, diligently, with lot of passion. That is what is required. Secondly, I also feel that today this environment is much better for participation of the private sector people also. Uh, you know, expert technologies, etc. In TRI itself, we have the program where we get people research assistants. We get people, you know, boys and girls from law schools, from, you know, various uh, IITs, IIMs, and they work here and they get that experience they get and they contribute a lot. So it's, it's, it's possible today to, to become a part of the government and of course if you want you can go outside it and come back again. So those kinds of things have happened. Aadhaar is one example of a public-private partnership of a great order. We, I mean contribution of, of government fellows is as much as the contribution of the private sector people and they, they are brilliant and bright people who really helped us in those uh, you know, endeavors. Awesome. Just to sign off, uh, can you talk a little bit about your trees? <laughs> <laughs> How many? Have you counted them? <laughs> no, I have counted them. I mean, I, essentially what happens is that, you know, I have been also, besides technology, I have also been uh, of the belief that, you know, uh, not from a uh, theoretical environment perspective, but I love, you know, planting trees. Yeah. I love uh, flowers. I love uh, nature in general. So what I had done was that I have some land in, in my village, ancestral land. It's not of a good quality, but, you know, it, nevertheless it is there. And uh, in India, it's considered bad to sell your ancestral land, kind of. Mm -hmm. So I, whenever I have been in Delhi, for example, in UI, in finance ministry way back, 15 years, 20 years back, and now uh, you know UIDI and thereafter, I've been going to my village, and I planted a lot of trees there, and and actually I I go and I enjoy my weekends. I mean, whenever, whenever I can go, um, maybe after three four weeks. Uh, that is something which has happened. Even in my career, whenever I have been posted in districts, uh, I have been, uh, I have taken a special interest in plantation and, and, and tree plantation. Purnia is an example. Purnia, we planted more than one crore of trees uh, on, on Purnia town, Purnia roads, and roads going to Araria, roads going to Kishanganj, roads going to, you know, various Damda, all those places. So, so and Pune, of course, you had a beautiful climate in terms of you have 1600 millimeters of rain, you have a lot of plenty of water, humidity, so trees grow very fast. So we have, uh, the whole thing has become so beautiful and green and one feels very proud to have been a part of that.
थैंक यू सो मच मिस्टर शर्मा यू आर वेलकम यू आर वेलकम पंकज शुक्रिया थैंक यू वंडरफुल